It's the Infuse Show brought to you by the team at The Sales Joint. TheSalesJoint.com, crafted for cultivators. Visit The Sales Joint and schedule your discovery call today. Guys, I woke up this morning. I had a message from producer extraordinaire, DJ Rags. He said, Nick, you got to wake up. We're going to Smashville. We're going to Thrashville. We're going to Jumpin' Jack Flashville. The wrong side of Memphis, the Athens of the South, as they call it. Guys. Welcome to Nashville. Yeah. Mike Francesca. Uh, music City. Popping our Nashville city. cherries here. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> well, some of us <laughs> yeah, have yeah. been here before. She also mentioned our new <laughs> fake sponsor, Paula Dean's Family Kitchen, where Frank uh, was there for the family style dining uh, special today. Open 11 a.m. daily at Opry Mills. The... Um, Guys, it's been, it's, we're on set uh, in Nashville, Tennessee here today. We're working a private event. Uh, this is top special. Secret. F- yeah, it's top secret. That's why it's called private. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's special for us, but we decided we wanted to do one more show out on the road this year, uh, the whole team. Uh, what do you think of the city so far? So far, so good. Yeah. I mean, we've just been here a little while. We had some great barbecue. I will say that. Well, some of us had barbecue. Some had barbecue. Some had a hamburger. A really good hamburger. But so far, I'm impressed. I can't wait to see what tonight brings, though. Yeah. 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 It's colder than I thought, but it's definitely a good vibe here. It is a good vibe. Is it the tragically hip say it can't be Nashville every night, but it's going to be Nashville for the next three for us. Might as well take advantage of this city while, while we can. It's beautiful here. And at this time of year, when we, when we tend to wrap up the year on the Infused Show, we love our, our annual thing where we do the gifts of cannabis, where we're able to reflect on the last 12 months and look at the things that the community, the industry has been gifted, I guess we would say, over, over the, the course of the calendar year. But you guys know it's spooky season. It is. It's my favorite time of year. It is your favorite time of year. I love this so much. And I thought we really got to dive into some of the seedier aspects of the culture, the community, the industry this year. What the three of us, uh, the four of us, of course, with Frank, would term nightmares in cannabis. When things go awry... Is this like our Treehouse of Horror episode? I guess it would be. I guess yeah. going forward, it is going to be the Treehouse of Horror episode. <laughs> I hate horror movies. I've told you guys know this, so I don't even. I can't even get into this episode. Not I'm even nervous. Simpsons You're nervous. Treehouse I'm of Horror. Nervous now. <laughs> Cannabis nightmares. Much. Mike's white knuckling already. Doing this episode under duress. <laughs> was that never a thing? Like it was. Those were the best dates, though. Good date movie, high school, no, scary movie. Uh, no. Not up for it. No. Okay. Not at all. I would lock up on those. I hate scary movies. Okay. The only thing good on Halloween is my oldest son was born on Halloween. Oh, nice. That, that is the only reason I like Halloween. All right. Except for a reason to drink some beers and hand out candy. But see, becoming a parent might be the most terrifying thing that can, like, Potentially. there is. Oh, no. No, it is. So. <laughs> So funny. All right. Well, guys, so we're looking, we still have to talk about the scary stuff. We do though. have to talk about the scary stuff. In this particular industry, in this particular calendar year, we had to really work and whittle it down to only three areas. Not that it's a nightmarish landscape top to bottom. Certainly, it's a great place to work, great place to network. Um, but I'm going to give you the scenarios when you come trick-or-treating in my door, all right? <laughs> so, Michael Patterson, you come on up. Uh-oh. You're first. All right. Knock, knock. I thought you were going to say trick or treat. Oh, well, I had to <laughs> knock you first. Never you never tricked or treated. Well, yeah, 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 but okay. how do I? He doesn't even know I'm there. That's why I knocked. All and right. Then he opens his door, and then I say trick or treat. You look great. <laughs> I love your costume, and I thought Thriller was a great album. But uh, here you go, young Mr. Patterson. I'm giving you metric. Oh, damn. 
Look at both of your faces, too. Yeah. Going, it's a trick. Mm. It's not a yeah. treat. It's like getting a handful of pennies. <laughs> Split them. Split them with your friends. Yeah, that's a tough one, Nick. That's, thanks, I think. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because having worked in states that don't have metric, we, we've been very vocal on the show about some real challenges that there is on a state and doing business in a state when there is no traceability and there is no real uh, track and trace or seed to sale type thing. Right. So um, I think metric in a lot of ways is a breath of fresh air because it does bring law to in order to chaos and, and puts a system in place that allows for a government and the people to feel good that things are happening like they're supposed to be. Yeah. But unfortunately the real trick here or the horror of this whole thing is that metrics just not set up the way it should be in order to be an efficient, effective business for the people that are using it, both on the producer side and on the retail side. Uh, to, for them to use it in a way that's user-friendly and business-friendly, it's just not there. It's such a shame that you have this thing that people have to use for right. their business. Yep. And then you make using it such a nightmare of an experience because you're on hold for so long, because you have urgency and they don't. And there's all these system failures. And it's just like the thing that was supposed to bring order needs to be operating at a much more proficient level to bring that order. Otherwise, you have what what is a nightmare for the growers and the retailers trying to do business the right way, having no option other than to do business the right way, and yeah. they still struggle and can't. I think to me, when I when I look at how they operate, and we talk to a lot of people, if you think about it, on both sides of that coin, the producers and the retailers, Frank's and his team especially, we talk to a lot of people, and I don't think we've talked to one person that's ever been like, oh, this has been no problem. I've yeah. never had any problem getting a hold of him when I have a question. I mean, it's always 100% of the time not a nightmare to yeah. deal with. So to me, it smacks of understaffed, under-resourced. It's almost like they grew at a capacity, in their capacity they need to handle, they can't handle it, whether it's from a resource or a technology or combo. I almost feel like it's they are flying by the seat of their pants, building which the plane is, as they go type scenario. Which is such a terrible model when you are insisting on being the system that does this thing. I mean, yeah. they, they had to win a lawsuit to be in Oklahoma. So mm. they wanted that business, and now they're treating it like this. That's just a terrible, terrible way to be operating. Well, so. it's also, you think about Oklahoma, they know exactly how many licenses are in the state. Mm -hmm. So they knew what capacity of business they would have to handle, how many tags they would have to have, all that stuff. They know this isn't their first state. It's no. not their first rodeo. Yeah. So how they couldn't figure this out and have it staffed and resourced in, in a way that lets people get the answers they want, the tags they want, and everything else in a way that's consistent, repeatable, day in, day out. Like How they, that happens is beyond me. I, I should say that this is kind of like a, a Nightmare on Elm Street scenario, too, where it's a kind of prolonged nightmare scenario, is it not? Because both of you, if our, if our listeners don't know, have been on the ground in Oklahoma a lot this past year. And there's been a lot of different deadlines. I know you went out and spoke to a group of growers, Francesca. This, this, it's not like they woke up one morning and were surprised by the presence of metric. So it's my, I guess the, the staffing, planning, this all goes into why this thing is still a problem in October 2022. You know, I mean, Nick, you and I used to be teachers. And so oh, please don't there, was, there was always a way to almost like 
litmus test if a policy you wanted to enforce was like fair or not because you knew who was trying to often get around the system and who was actually trying to play by the rules and if the ones who are trying to play by the rules are having such a hard time with it if they're still failing then that's the that's a problem with the mm-hmm. rule yeah not the people so you do have people that are waiting until the last minute to try and tag everything right. and all of that and so like you know that happens own it you know yep. take some responsibility let's all let's all try and treat this the way we should professionally but then you do have people that are doing that they're trying to treat it professionally and the way they should and they they still are just running into problem after problem so that's when you know that the nightmare is on the metric side great point as much as anything great point outstanding all right i think we i think we smacked Freddy that first Kruger night. sponsored by metric sponsored <laughs> <laughs> by metric all right let's jump oh, back in sponsored by black market yeah black market weed <laughs> that should be our sponsor where the prices are better <laughs> just don't know what it is and um and what strain it could be all right young lady showing up at the door Trick or treat. <sighs> Roof wow, look, it's Jem, and she truly is outrageous. Truly, uh, truly, truly outrageous. What we have for you yes. is the historic Croptober 2022 season. So we're talking about the last week of September through about the first week of November that we traditionally call Croptober in the Hemisphere, where we take down and harvest more cannabis than ever. But what's the nightmare scenario this year? Read the trade papers. You know it. Yeah. It's the children of cannabis instead of children of the corn. Oh, the children of cannabis. So give us more. Give us more. What's the problem this particular year and why is it nightmarish? I think as we see more states on board, more licenses and and throw down their prohibition laws and start growing cannabis, you have new people to this game and they are trying to get in a race that has already started so what they're doing is rushing to the finish line without doing the proper steps to get there because these new growers unfortunately don't know everything or maybe they know it but they don't believe it they haven't tested and failed it and what you get is people trying to rush to the finish they skip the drying they they skip steps that help them yield more product. So now in October of 2022, with so many people that are brand new at growing cannabis, they're going to be wasting a lot of cannabis and our yields are going to be potentially small or weak or tainted. You know, there's not necessarily going to be the quality in this Croptober and not necessarily the volume in this Croptober that has been in, I would say, the majority of the others. Yeah, well, you you guys are both lucky, uh, I would think, but the growers that you've worked with in this business in the past do things the right way. I want to repeat something you just said, and it's almost a callback to one of our, our episodes with uh, Alex Barsky of C1D1 Labs. He was talking about people in Oklahoma getting flagged, getting those letters and saying, oh, you violated here, violated here. And he's like, what, what, what's the one common denominator? They're rushing to market. Mm-hmm. And at this stage, Mike, you, you probably know people like this too, maybe starting a new grow, and I know you've talked to them recently. Um, <coughs> We're almost at the finish line. Let's just get our stuff into the store faster than the other guys. But when you skip, and in particular, when you skip on the drying and curing process, it's not going to be good. It's going to hurt quality. It's going to, like all the things Francesca said, and I think the other nightmare part of it is, is then you're rushing to get testing done, Uh. assuming you're getting testing done and following (laughs) the rules. But now the testing labs are inundated. Mm -hmm. Complete. So you talk about rushing, they're rushing as well. And... There's been issues in a lot of states with consistency and reliability with testing labs anyway. Not saying they're all 
bad, but there's been issues. And so when you start adding the volume, adding the urgency that needs to be done, they potentially are in a scenario where maybe their test results are a little skewed one way or the other. So ultimately who suffers here uh, is the consumer. Yeah. Because what's right. going to be coming down, especially from the outdoor grows that are going to be hitting the shelves in November and December, it potentially it isn't as high of a quality product as the growers intended it to be. Because let's face right. it, Nobody none of them set out to do out a shitty do job. Bad. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but at, I also get it at this point, they've invested blood, sweat, tears, yeah. and a ton of money ton to of money. get it to where it is now. And yeah. like they can see the dollar signs and know that that cash infusion is needed for their families, for their workers and their families. So I totally get that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to pull a hamstring in the last sprint. <laughs> exactly. Type thing, you know? Yeah. That's still not a reason to not do it right. That's right. the thing. It's like, just because you can see the end is in sight doesn't mean you can pick up the pace and get there faster. It means do what you're supposed to be doing for the length of time that you're supposed to be doing it so that you can get the product that you set out to get, that you did everything else to get. Right. I think another scary thing I want to bring up is because there is this rush, right? People people are going to probably tend to sell for less. They're going to want the money. So they're willing to sell to either sell to a broker, take less per pound, whatever it's going to be. And the nightmare for me is that the prices are already really low in a lot of the states we're working in. And so if they're going to continue to drop the floor, then it's like opening the trap door on yourself in a lot of cases. Because it's hard, it takes a long time for prices to rebuild. And we're seeing it. And we're seeing prices go up. But if it goes back down again, it it drops Mm. overnight. And it takes a long time to start climbing back. And that kills everybody. Can I ask you a hypothetical, though? What if you have so many new growers, so many kind of weaker crops that you end up selling it like more people than not sell it to a processor. So now you have an influx of concentrates on the market, but a shortage of flour and suddenly see two different markets going on Mm -hmm. potentially. I think those are all possibilities and it it all depends on really when you think about it it depends on the volumes of materials moving to those different avenues. So Mm -hmm. to speak. So in in a state where there's tons of pounds, like say Oklahoma, tons of producers, tons of pounds. I don't think you see that deviation as much as a smaller state, say Delaware, mm-hmm. or even Maryland for that matter. There's not that many stores or growers in Maryland. Right. I think you have a greater chance of seeing the the dips in the spikes in the valleys than you do in the bigger states. That's a good point. It all comes down to volume of product. It's going to be a really interesting market to follow with yeah. with Croptober being what it is. I'm 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 hoping that less flour, less good flour means higher prices. But, Mike, you're absolutely right. It could go the other it way. It could just absolutely yeah. go the other way. So we'll and Now, we'll four see. months from now, we're back to where we were today. Right. It's going to take that long to climb back. Well, yeah. And this is where one final thing from both of you, if, uh, if I could. That we kind of look at the market and it kind of in these undulated, these waves, you know. Mm-hmm. We all gear towards certain calendar dates, right? 420, kids get, you know, September hitting. But Croptober is a big one. We just had a pretty, this summer was not good. It was hard to sell cannabis this summer. Your really team, Your hard. team did really, really well. Um, but we thought, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, at least things are settling down now, Croptober. This could just screw things up and prolong that nightmare scenario. So that's the thing I, I kind of I hate to think of. I really appreciate what one of our former clients used to do on the West Coast, which was he knew this would happen in Croptober. It happened every year. And he had enough wherewithal and money at the time yeah. to where he didn't sell 
at a low price. He yeah, kept it, yeah. He kept it, and then in February, when everybody else was starting, the supply was dipping down, there wasn't supply, boom, he hit the market and had, had pricing control. I mean, that's one way to get around it. You have to have that cash flow. Like it you is said, all about cash flow. Yeah, you've we have. got to have that cash flow. Like, take, think what you need and double, double it. Because <laughs> yeah. you've got to be able to survive. And then one way to get to where the prices are high, cash. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy. No. No. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So in the first two nightmare scenarios, I wanted to throw them your way because you, uh, through your business and through your consulting services, you can kind of have a hand in in correcting or uh, both of those things, or at least guiding people through them, whether it be metric or whether it be something like Croptober. So the last nightmare scenario is one where y- you can't really control this at all. So it's the nightmare in the, our country of governors going rogue. <sighs> <laughs> governors going rogue when we've advocated we've educated we've gone down and we've we've worked hard at changing hearts and minds one by one if we will we've we've tried to bring two parties together in certain cases and we we realize we do agree on more than we disagree when it comes with it comes to cannabis but when a governor just goes rogue and says that's fine no Truly a nightmare scenario, and one that I, I guess we're kind of familiar with. Yeah, it is absolutely <laughs> a nightmare, right? It's this, it's this helplessness. Like, that is truly one of the worst parts of it, because in Delaware, at least, we've done everything we can to pass legislation and, and have an adult-use market. Yeah. Literally, we had, they had to get through so many rounds, so many revisions. Both parties had to come together, like you said, we had enough votes, it, it made it through a committee, blah, 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 and then finally it gets to Carney's desk, our governor's desk, uh-huh. and even though he could have just said, well, I guess this is what everyone wants, instead he said no and vetoed it. And it is a nightmare because it's like, I thought, I thought that having a voice was, you know, and using that voice was enough. Right. And to see that it's not enough and to see one person stop that is incredibly frustrating because what do you do now? That's the nightmare is now what? Because you have the president calling for governors to, to pardon, to, um, to allow this, and you have governors making up their own minds. So it's just where, where do we go from here? That's the nightmare is now what? Yeah. To me, it's a very hypocritical situation. When you think about the will of the people – the will of the masses of people in a state election is what elects the governor or public officials. But then for them not to reciprocate and, and impose their own yeah, opinion agendas. over yep. the vast majority will of the people. To me, it's just, it just smacks of hypocrisy. And it's something that's like, I liken it when I really think about it. It's like, I'm going out to dinner. I order a steak. And he brings me like a pork chop. Like that's not what I asked. It's not what I asked for. It's not what I ordered. Like, but you, he thought I wanted the pork chop, and that's what he gave me. Like, yeah, he was, said steak was bad for you. Pork I chop's thought, better yeah. here. Yeah. And this you're, pork chop, totally right. a salad. Yeah. yeah, you look heavy. I'm giving you a salad. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It it does exactly feel like that, and it is. I don't like it. No. What's it like? There's nothing to like. I hate it. I think it's a real jerk move. Yeah. No, it, it, I don't like it either. But it's, it, we're, we're, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think there, to me, there's always something else at play. Yeah. Another, an influence behind the scenes, whether it's covert or overt, something's going on, something's causing the governor to want to do it, whether it could be ego. 
Mm-hmm. It absolutely could be. Ego, it could also ignorance, be a strong internal. lobby, people that are, you know, in the dark corners that have influence sure. and power or sure. photos or I don't know. But there's, to me, that's, whenever I see a situation like that happen, my mind immediately goes to like, all right, what else is going on here? Because you can't be that much of a dumbass. Yeah. And ensure you're never going to get reelected and ensure you're probably going to get like, like heckled if he shows up in the, like UD games or something like that. Like, yeah. It's got to be something else at play. It's just yeah. a matter of what it is. Well, I mean, like our state, our, our state had a number of issues with 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 cannabis, particularly our medical program's not good. Terrible. It's not good at all. We have three dispensaries to cover an entire state, and for people that don't know Delaware too well, I mean, it is a small state, but that's not three dispensaries. Small. Yeah, three <laughs> dispensaries, and there's supposed to be one per county. That's not true because Newcastle County has two of the three. Uh, so there are people in our in our in our community that are screwed. Um, so we, we already failed to set up a competent medical program. Then we, the cannabis community didn't fail. No. We, we did our job. Uh, and that's why, that's why it was so frustrating. We did the little microdose episode in May about it. But I thought it was cool. Uh, not cool, but we're here in, in Tennessee. And we have another, it's another state where the governor is just so anti-cannabis. Governor Bill Lee here uh, just kind of upped the ante last week and, and told the president, oh, yeah, you think it's a good idea to, to, to uh, pardon those, those possession charges? Well, fuck you. I'm not doing it. Yep. Um, I, this makes no sense to me because you just talked about covert stuff behind the scenes. That yeah. all makes sense business wise. This is like somebody has a personal vendetta against this movement. Right. You right. Know. Exactly. And ego. that is something yeah. that you're yeah, ego or ignorance or some sort of prejudice. I mean, that's it's got to be one of those three. So I don't understand how you can change any one of those. You know, if they're not going to listen to education, you can't cure the ignorance. You can't, if they're not going to be open to being humbled, you can't cure the ego. And if they're prejudiced, I doubt you're going to get through to them on any kind of level on that, you know, breaking that down. I mean, so we're fucked. We know these people from our... This is why we need federal change. I mean, mean, on a major scale. Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, but I think... When you, you know that a lot of these people, I think it really comes down to ego. The more I'm sitting here thinking about it and listening to what you're saying, like these are people that have committed to their friend, their circle of friends, this and that. And all of a sudden they backtrack and they're like, oh, I signed off on this. They're, then they, they're worried about that and their high-end parties and the people they hang around with and the people that are donors of their campaigns that are against it. And they can't go back on that group mm. socially, politically business connection, you name it, every part of their life is tied to those influencers are in their life. So for them to fold, like, that hurts their, their status. For, for Governor Billy to do what he did, that boosted it. Yeah. Really, when you think about it. I, I know we don't agree with it. Sure, sure. But that's my take on how stuff like that happens and why it happens. It sucks. It does. There's no way for, it's really, really difficult to get around it. Francesca, I think, hit the nail on the head. It's got to be more federal pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely, because because I know I know like we keep bringing up our little state, but the last three people that have held uh, the office of governor have all said before they took office they didn't want cannabis coming yeah. across their desk. They didn't want to deal with the problem. My my problem there is well, your mind was already fucking made up. It didn't exactly. it didn't matter what we because did. You called so it a if that's the case, don't serve the public, right? Because you got no because business. you can't do your job. Yeah. So because your job is to listen to the people who elected you. Yeah. And do what they're asking you to do so as their representative and you're not. That's what it comes back to. Yeah. I think as as a community we have to do a better job of rallying to those that support the cause. And if somebody's going to come out and say they don't support it or are wishy-washy, no. Yeah. We yeah. can't we can't play that game anymore. 
Yeah. That's what it's got to come down to. And th- and that's so true. That's why local elections are so important. Huge. And voting is one of the biggest things you can do to help the cannabis cause. Huge. Coming up in a couple of weeks, so we want to make sure couple you're weeks. registered and everybody yeah, gets out and, vote. and, and votes. This and is all the commercials and all the shitty signs all Dude. over my neighborhood go away. Get yes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, the commercials are rough. (laughs) They are so terrible. They're terrible. They're like a hair away from like the Family Guy political commercials. And Lois Griffin (laughs) is a slut. Yeah, (laughs) we're we're that close to getting there. Pennsylvania. I'll tell you what. Before before I moved, I was in the the Maryland election circuit. Yeah. Now I get the Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's rough. Yeah, it's not even mudslinging. That's shit slinging. Yeah, they're they're doing. Yeah, (laughs) it's brutal. Plenty of shit to be slung. Poor, poor us in our region have the have the Pennsylvania political ads, the Pennsylvania business ads, Chapman Auto Store, and all those guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> we got all those guys at the same time. Uh, you just mentioned we're you know it's like we're playing a game, Francesca. I, I think we would very much like to play a game. Do you have a creepy nightmare edition of Would You Rather to share with us today? Oh, she close out the show. Ooh, and why 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 should she be? This is her this is her thing. She's got it, Mike. She's got it. Okay. Would you rather have your eyes blow out of your head when you blow your nose? <laughs> Mike's loving this one. Or have all of your teeth fall out when you talk and your teeth touch? Just shatter and fall. Cool thing about this, Frank has to answer first. <laughs> Why is that always the case? I hate that. <laughs> it's not always the case. I don't, this is a tough one. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I've always had like a, a weird reoccurring dream where my teeth are falling out. Me too. So I feel like I don't know what the symbolism behind that I is. Forget. I I got to look it up, but it's reoccurring. Yeah, so you, I got to go with the eyes popping out because it's something I never even thought of. You got to look that up. You got to look that up. Wasn't that in that, that creepy that uh, Office Nightmare episode where Gabe's theater of the uh, absurd or whatever, the, the rotting teeth? Mm-hmm. I think it was in his Frank, his how often thing. do you have this dream? It's got to be like... Once every six months. I was okay. gonna say mine's like once a quarter, maybe. Wow, once a quarter. I never had that. It's really weird. Yeah, the, it, it's like suddenly the teeth just start falling out, and I'm like, oh no, it's <laughs> happening again. <laughs> so anyway, Mike, so Frank's taking the so eyes. So we're going counterclockwise. Yeah, we are. Oh, all right. I'm gonna go teeth. Really? Um, because I think I have a workaround. I think I could wear. A guard of some sort, so my teeth would never touch when I talk. No, 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 well, no, no, no. Now you're no, bending no, no, no. the rules, yeah. though. You she can't said change. your teeth come break when they, they touch. Sh- how about this? I'm your teeth fall out every time you talk. Yes. Well, it's just one time then. No, you're every time you talk, they just but like they, sugar. You can't get away from the teeth falling out. Are your teeth fine? I'd rather see and gum some food and stuff <laughs> than have like a hard bite but not be able to see what I'm biting. <sighs> So I'm going teeth. All right. But my answer with the guard is legit, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) All these special parts. And I'm wearing the Thanos glove and the guard (laughs) and the, 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 look. I've got the time turner from Harry Potter. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Save Buckbeak. Save Buckbeak. I'm going to go with uh, the teeth. Really? Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry I answered like Burt Reynolds fast. Yeah, 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 the teeth. I, I, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Yeah. On Jeopardy? Yeah, don't, uh, but the teeth, definitely. Yeah, the other thing is the All right, I think I'm shit. going with eyes because they're still attached. They're just going to like dangle. Eventually it'd be like a loose so tooth. So you'd have to put it back yeah, in? Yeah, you just got to like oh. roll, flip them back in. 
Wow. Wow. I'm going to start practicing talking without something like that. The teeth dream is so disturbing. I can't take it. As soon as you said you had the dreams, I knew your answers. It was was obvious. It would be odd if you're like, I have this really awful, disturbing dream, and I'm taking that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the crazy. <laughs> All right, that was a good one, Francesca. Thank well, you. Yeah, and yeah, I like morbid. it. Morbid. Like it. It's very morbid. It was a very morbid, you know, it's spooky it's season. Spooky Halloween. Get it out of here. We got some <laughs> stuff coming up. It's going to be a lot more fun, a lot more festive, a lot more um, in in that vein. Uh, and and the the fun thing with people who are listening right now is that we didn't we didn't expect this, but this year a little teaser coming up. We're going to have some coverage from the biggest show, the biggest cannabis show in the world coming up aren't we this is yes, this is yeah. new this is this is your doing and frank and i are the beneficiaries <laughs> from this one um this is pretty exciting yeah yeah we are going to be at mj biz at least nick and frank will be at right. mj biz you can catch these two on the floor microphone and camera at the ready catching it all they're also signing autographs on thursday from 12 to 2 <laughs> near the food court yeah we are I'll also be. <laughs> we'll, we'll send two or three pictures with both of you. Yeah. You'll be all set. It'll be great. There's going to be a cardboard cutout, a life-size cardboard cutout. You can get your picture with Nick. No, it's kind of fun. You never know who you're going to run into, Frank, but we've made some real cool, like, um, we have, like, this group. I don't know what to call them. Groupies? Uh, they're not groupies, but you know who I'm talking about. It's like, we now we have friends at these places that we're going to, and we're, Nikki Lolly's already excited she gets to meet Frank, and you, she'll probably take pictures with Frank, and oh, yeah. uh, all, the, all the ladies She's love that. decked out. Yeah, yeah she, she will. Um, but, the, you know, the fresh heads are going to be there. Fresh oh, tag fresh tag. So it's, it's kind of fun. You gotta Grow be, House uh, Media be, will be there. You guys can geek out our on, friends, on gear. Our friends from Grow House Media and Feminized Podcasts. Yeah. Dan, oh, the, Dan from PodConnect. The yeah. whole PodConnect family is going to be there. Those guys from the To Be Blunt podcast were funny as hell. Those guys are going to be there. Um, so, yeah, we're excited. We're going to have an uh, uh, interview space one day. And then Frank and I are going to go, we're going to walk the floor, we're going to cover the floor, we're going to go and make it to a dispensary or two, check out that cookies retail spot down there, because it's huge, and see what trouble we can get into. Oh, and, and I got to, I got to, look, I'm, I'm, Las Vegas better look out, because <laughs> my man Frank Rago lost money last time we were in Atlantic City, and you're taking yeah, it out. I'm coming back. You're taking <laughs> it out on <laughs> Vegas, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> get a couple hits in for me, Frank. I will, I will. I can't wait. So thank you guys uh, for, uh, for you know, putting the green light out there and letting us go back on the road. But this is this fun being on the road and doing the show with you guys here from Nashville. It always, always is. Jeez. Here in Music City. Guys, it's been a blast. Frank, thanks so much for always making us sound incredible and everything that you do behind the scenes. Mike, Francesca, this has been a pleasure. We're going to see you back from Delahue, Delawat, Delaware. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
and journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.